family and friends. This is Eric Kapoor, and this is our daily meditation on 1 Peter that we hope provides you with encouragement and fills you with hope in this time of pandemic and all that it has brought into our world and into our lives. It's April 3rd. Today, I'll offer a short meditation on 1 Peter 1, verses 1 and 2. Let me read that text. It says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those chosen, living as exiles dispersed abroad in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to be obedient and to be sprinkled with the blood of Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. In chapter 1, verse 6, Peter says his letter was written for people who, for a short time, suffer grief in various trials. That's us. That's our lives right now. But it's starting not to feel so short. At this point in the crisis and the pandemic, we have all experienced many different kinds of suffering, many different trials. And what makes it really hard is that they're all put together, they're all kind of stacked on top of each other, mashed together, and we're all experiencing these things all at the same time. There's so many dimensions to this. There's the social and relational trial. Social distancing for, uh, for us from most of the people in our lives, but uh, for those of us who are living with our spouses or other family members and our kids, it's probably the trial of social proximity, which comes with its own challenges. There's the mental suffering and trial we're all going through. I recently read an article uh, that said, hey, give yourself grace because your brain is not working normally. Our brains are flooded with information. It's too much uh, for us to process. I know that I've been experiencing that for sure. There's the vocational suffering and trial. Work is totally altered for everyone. And some of us are guilty for escaping into work. Some of us are guilty for not doing enough work. Some of us are trying to figure out how to work when we're instant homeschoolers. There's all kinds of vocational trial that we're all experiencing. There's the theological part of all this. Our faith is being tested. Our regular means of grace, the word, the sacraments, the communion of saints and fellowship, all that has changed overnight. And there's the emotional trials that come with each day and the ups and downs of all this. Each day brings new emotional experiences and we're all on a different pace. Sooner or later, the question comes to us. It's come to me in some form. It comes, I think, to all of us where we say, why is this happening? Is there a reason? Is there a purpose in it all? This is a natural, this is an expected and important question for any time we go through trials or face suffering. Now, the, the question, why is this happening? It can be expressed and offered in two ways. It can be a lament offered as worship to draw near to God in faith, even weak faith. But it can be a lament. It can be praise. It can be offered in faith. But it can also be an accusation aimed at God to distance yourself from him in anger and pride. 
And there's a big difference between the two. When offered in faith and not demanded in pride, the question can lead us to draw near to God and experience his peace and his comfort in hard times. It seems clear to me that Peter's readers, they were asking this question, why? Why is this happening? I thought things would would be different now that I'm a Christian. Well, here at the start of his letter, Peter is providing an answer. Now, it would be, I believe, pastoral malpractice for me to speak of some kind of specific answer for your specific trials and suffering and struggles and all of this, or for me to claim that somehow I know God's purpose in this pandemic. I don't. I don't think anyone does. Too many people are shooting from the hip and saying, I know what God's doing. Here's what he's teaching us. While some of that can provide us maybe with some possible insight, on whole, I believe it's not helpful. And it would be the height of folly for any of us to think that it can be boiled down to just one thing. But what can we say? What we can say is what Peter says in this text. That even when we don't claim to know or that we're able to know the answer or the reason why we experience our particular suffering or loss or struggles, when we are going through something hard, we can know and do need to remember God's overarching, unchanging purpose for us, which Peter says in verse 2 is that we have been chosen by the foreknowledge of God, by the love of God, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient. When we become a Christian, Peter is saying the Holy Spirit sets us apart, he sanctifies us for a new purpose. It's to be obedient. It's sanctification, to become holy. The purpose God has for us is to become more and more like Jesus. And when we ask, why is this happening? It is very important that we remember that God is not punishing us. God doesn't punish his children, but he does purify us. And this doesn't all of a sudden make things so easy or give us complete cognitive rest or mental peace about everything that's happening. But as Peter goes on to say, purification happens through fire. And that's painful and that's hard. And I wish I could tell you there was a different way, but there is no other way. There is one way to become like Jesus, to become obedient to live into the purpose that God has for all of us, for those whom he loves, his sons and his daughters. There's one way to know the joy and the peace and the wisdom that comes from obedience. There's one pattern that God has to fulfill this purpose in us, and it's the main theme of this letter. It's the pattern and the path of suffering to glory. It's the way God saves us, the suffering and glory of Jesus. It's the way that he sanctifies us the suffering to glory pattern in our lives. Peter will also go on to say later that this is the main theme in all the Bible. In times of comfort, when we feel like we're in control, we tend to either ignore or gloss over or not even think about this. But suffering to glory is what the Bible is all about. This is a hard truth because it means times of loss and grief and pain are a part of God's purpose for us in this life, in this world. But it is a hopeful truth. It is profoundly hopeful because the purpose 
and the promise of God for all who trust in him is that all of our suffering leads to glory. Here's how the Apostle Paul put it, Romans 8, 18. He said, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, he says, For our momentary light affliction is producing for us an absolutely incomparable eternal weight of glory. This is a hopeful truth because the purpose of God for all who trust in him is that all our suffering will end with and lead to glory. Now, to find our, our true purpose in life, the overarching purpose that we have that holds true no matter what's going on, we first have to let go of all other lesser purposes. God loves his children too much to allow us to settle for a lesser purpose in this life than to become holy and whole and obedient to his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Friends, as you feel that question rise up in your hearts, maybe on a daily basis, maybe many times throughout the day, why? Why is this happening? Remember, Jesus cried out that same question. Why? Why have you forsaken me? Even though he knew the answer, and he knew the purpose. In his cry, Jesus gave voice to the pain of his suffering. And at the same time, he was also remembering the purpose of it all. That by his suffering, all our suffering would be redeemed to make us holy now and to assure us that one day it will all end in glory. Grace and peace be multiplied to you, friends. And may you hold on to this hope. Amen. Amen.